Hold me down, Lord, that I may uplift thee. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Those are Martha's first words when Jesus finally arrives after her brother Lazarus' death. Mary repeats them when she first sees Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here. Who of us hasn't uttered those words or words like them? Lord, if you had been here, my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my beloved, my child, my friend would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, I would not have lost my home. I would not have lost my job. If you had been here, I wouldn't have taken that drink, cheated on my spouse, fallen into depression. Where were you, God? We cry. Bystanders that day asked the same question. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Bystanders on all days ask, couldn't he have stopped the fire, the tsunami, the famine, the cancer, the Holocaust? Lord, if you only had been here. But it doesn't seem that that is how Jesus, how God works. Jesus, God, doesn't prevent the calamity, doesn't work in magic tricks, doesn't turn back time forcing weather or biology or our own human hearts to his will. Rather, Jesus works with what is the broken relationship, the war-torn country, the addiction, the disease, looming death. Jesus, God, doesn't stop the mess. Jesus works in the mess. Jesus didn't prevent the woman at the well from having the five husbands who all betrayed and left her. Rather, he brought her back into relationship by loving her and she became a witness to God's love. Jesus didn't prevent the man born blind from being blind. Rather, he took away the stigma of sin, slapped mud on his eyes so that the man could now see that he was always a sheep who belonged to God's fold. Jesus doesn't prevent the possession by demons or the illness in the little girl, the mother-in-law, or the soldier's servant. He heals 
them. And Jesus does not reach down and fix our marriages and doesn't keep us from making really bad decisions and he does not prevent tyrants from being tyrants. Jesus doesn't prevent death from coming to Lazarus. Instead, instead he joins us. He joins us. When he sees Mary and her friends weeping, he is greatly disturbed, he is deeply moved. Jesus asks, where have you laid him? Lord, come and see, they say. Come and see. The same words used to those who would follow Jesus, the ones who come and see and realize who he, who he is and so follow him. Now those words invite Jesus to come and see all the pain and death that beset their lives. And he weeps. Instead of crying out, Lord, if you had been here, blaming him for all that has gone wrong, all that we've done, all that has broken our hearts, instead of that, let us invite Jesus to come and see. Come and see what has gone wrong, Jesus. Please come and see where I've screwed it up how I've hurt others, hurt myself. Jesus, come and see my hard heart, my selfish ways. Come and see my broken life, my broken heart. When Lazarus was ill, the sisters sent word, Lord, he whom you love is ill. He whom you love is ill. And is that not us too? We who are ill, sick to death of ourselves, of the tragedy and heartache that besets us, is that not us? Lord, whom we, we whom you love are ill. Jesus, I whom you love is ill. He will come, he will see, he will weep. And then he'll get to work. Because when we invite him in to the mess, to our broken places, into our hard, sad hearts, he sets about repairing and loving and resurrecting. But he won't do it without us. He'll call us out of our tombs as he calls Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. He brings us to new life but knows that death and sin and loneliness cling to us just as the funereal wrappings cling to Lazarus as he comes blinking out of the tomb. And when that happens, Jesus looks at us, all of us, you, unbind him, let him go.
Jesus brings healing and new life, resurrection and second and third and fourth chances. But we must love one another into the body of Christ. So if we ask Jesus to come and see whatever is broken or sick or dead, expect repair and healing and life but expect to be called in too, called to change our lives, called to unbind one another from what clings to us, our hard hearts, prejudice, our greed, our desire to be left alone. We've got to give those up and unbind one another. It's hard stuff hard stuff that Jesus calls us to and of course that's why some people that day came to believe in Jesus when he called Lazarus out of the tomb but it's also why others started plotting to kill him we ask for a fix to the mess in our lives and Jesus reaches in and changes everything As C.S. Lewis writes, God doesn't come into our lives to rearrange furniture. He comes down to knock down the old house and build a whole new mansion because he intends to come live in it himself. Jesus doesn't prevent the mess. He gets into it with us. That's the cross after all. God doesn't prevent the cross, doesn't keep us from doing what we're going to do. Instead, he enters into the mess we've created and then transforms it, turning our sins into new life. And then he asks us to get to work too, spreading the gospel and forgiving sins and feeding sheep. For he's not a magician. He's a Messiah, a Messiah who doesn't fix us so that our lives can be better, but so that we might have abundant life, life lived in and with him in the body of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.